0: Welcome to another edition of Just End the Browns, everybody! Holy shit, Kev!
1: What just happened?
0: What a victory! Joe <laughs> Flacco, the darling of the Columbia broadcasting system, <laughs> actually came through on a game-winning drive. He throws an absolute dart to Garrett Wilson. The New York Jets shocked the football world. They beat the Cleveland Browns 31 to 30. There is no such thing as an innocuous missed yeah. extra point, as we learned. It's true. You will come back to bite your team in the ass 100% of the time, and the Browns proved it.
1: Yeah, usually we're on the end of the sort of, like, ridiculous special teams mistake that comes back to bite you, so it feels nice to get one. It feels nice to get one coming back on the other side here. It's like every th- crazy thing that could have happened happened. We got a fake punt. <laughs> you know? Oh, this is this is what we live for right here. <laughs> Did you turn away at any point? Be honest with me. I I did a little bit.
0: I did not. I did not. I held steady. I had the Jets going on the main TV the whole time. Red zone on the laptop. You know how I like yeah. to do it.
1: I turned away back to the Giants game, which was still close. Then I cut back right as, they were, right as Flacco was throwing the touchdown, the busted coverage. And I was like, well, all right, they're still going to lose, but I got to stick around for the onside kick. <laughs> I swore this year that I wasn't going to freak out over football games, and I was... When they recovered the onside, I stood up on my couch, like with my feet where I'm supposed to be sitting, touching the ceiling, going pointing, and then after uh, Flacco threw the last touchdown, I flipped over a tray table with things on it, nothing broken, but so I made it exactly two weeks into the year. So, uh, you know, that's what I call progress. But this is this is uh, easily the most insane game I think we've covered in the duration of the Just End the Show, right?
0: Yeah, maybe only second to Mike White Mania, but this is probably it. I mean, it was yeah, that it was, was more crazy. of a thriller of a game.
1: I just, like, ran into somebody when I was out at the store with a Jets t-shirt on and just had a 15-minute conversation with a stranger about, like, can you believe it? No, man. <laughs> like, we've all said the word unbelievable, like, seven times in the duration of, like, 10 seconds. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, that, was, that fake punk moment was really a turning point in this game when you think about it. The Jets go three and out on their opening drive, including a horrible throw from Flacco on third down, When you figure, all right, here we go again. Terrible. The Browns, conversely, go right down the field. They get the touchdown with Chubb. The Jets can't do anything to stop Nick Chubb, or Jacoby Brissett, it seems like, who played a lot better than I expected him to throughout this game. And you just you, you just feel that sinking feeling. You're like, all right, we're going to have to watch another game from this Flacco-led offense that that can't gain a single first down And then the next drive comes. They have a little bit of momentum, drive stalls around midfield. It's a third and one. The Jets don't pick it up. A second bad throw on third down by Flacco actually causes them to miss a third and one. And then Sala calls a fake punt. I can't remember, Kevin, the last time I saw a fake punt. Not just in a Jets game, in any football game. When's the last time we saw a fake punt? It was unbelievable. A fake punt. An absolute turning point.
1: Was there a fake punt in that terrible Jacksonville game last year I feel like there was something weird like that or maybe that was a fake that was a fake field goal never mind anyway you're right you don't see a lot of fake punts
0: that'd be par for the course for, for a Jacksonville game <laughs> Braden Mann throws it to Jeff Smith our favorite receiver Jeff Smith look at him contributing on special teams yes that's right the Jets keep that drive alive and it ends in a Garrett Wilson touchdown and that was kind of the beginning of what would be an insane Garrett Wilson game if this wasn't for like. A total and utter Browns collapse. This might be remembered as the Garrett Wilson game. (laughs) He ended up finishing with eight catches for over 100 yards. Yes, yeah. He had eight for 102 and those two touchdowns, the game winner and the game tire in the first quarter when the Jets got even at seven. A lot of people are making... 2022 Jets, 2021 Bengals parallels. Like, were the new Bengals?
1: I don't know about that.
0: Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if Zach Wilson's going to beat Joe Burrow. Yeah, uh, but we definitely have. our, It looks like we might have the makings of our own Jamar Chase, which is really exciting.
1: It really is, and I, you know, we saw uh, we've been seeing good performances from the rookies uh, in general. I think Sauce has been playing well. <laughs> Reese had a, had a pretty nice game, but the clear standout here is, is Garrett Wilson for sure. If this guy can play and do what we saw against this Browns defense coming up in other games like that, I mean, man, and assuming that Zach comes back healthy and looking good and had to have a real competent, not even competent, to have an actual like playmaking good receiver out there. It seems like it's really been a while for us, right? I mean, we've had we've had flashes of people here and there, and, and I still think that the other receivers on the roster are very talented, and obviously we love Barrios and you know other people, but uh, but yeah, to have somebody like this, to, to, if this is uh, the performance we're going to be getting out of him, it's nice to be really excited about a, a recent Jets draft pick. You know, that's always that's always a fun thing to be excited about.
0: Kevin, this is a fish fan's dream. I mean, how much Wilson to Wilson
1: are we gonna <laughs> see this year? There's
0: gonna be a ton of it.
1: Oh we gotta get it going. We gotta get the Wilson chant going at MetLife. Come on. There's got there's enough fish fans. There's enough crossover between these uh between these two. And if people don't know what we're talking about, um you can probably Google it. They made a we gotta steal it back. Seattle was doing the Wilson chant for Russell Wilson, but they're you know, he's dead to them now, so we're taking it back. Let's go.
0: Yeah, and that's Fish fans with a PH, by the way, not to be confused with Dolphins fans.
1: Right, yes, good point.
0: Uh, who we don't associate with as part of this podcast.
1: Absolutely not, especially considering how much we slandered Tua before he suddenly became the greatest quarterback in the world in the second half of that game. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, before he threw six touchdowns against the Ravens. Oh, Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> anyway, let's move on. The
0: only chance the Jets had... To come back in this game is if they scored a touchdown immediately, just to give themselves enough time to outside kick and throw another touchdown, and then uh, the Braves just they just didn't cover the deep guy on the side. Like I don't understand. All they had to do was not give up a touchdown, and, and they would have won this game.
1: Did you say the Braves? Did I? Did you say the Braves instead of the Browns? It's okay. We hate. We, we,
0: I probably might have. I've got baseball <laughs> on the brain a lot these days.
1: Yeah, we got a Jets victory and then Mets making the playoffs in the same yeah, in the same week. Come on. This is this is as good as it gets right here. Welcome to Must End the Show.
0: So, let's talk a little bit about the much maligned Joe Flacco. And when I say much maligned, I'm talking about by us, and not the greater football media which, as we talked about last week, really gave him a pass in week one. Uh, Everyone kind of blamed the offensive line as you watch the football shows. And then in this game, the the CBS announcers, we had Spiro Adidas on this game, who could not stop heaping praise on Joe Flacco. I I was texting you during (laughs) the game. I couldn't believe what he was watching. Some real bad throws in this game. Am I wrong?
1: Oh, no, you're not wrong. There was was one in particular where I swear he had a guy open by 10 yards and just – bullet like, you know, 12 feet over his head, you know, just flies over his head and the announcers are like, well, you know, you just can't, you just, there's not a lot that Joe Flacco can do there. I'm like, I can think of one thing, which is like, hit the wide open guy. I can think of, that's one thing that comes immediately to mind for me is something he could do. I... I get that. I think he's a nice guy and like he's been around for so long. He's probably met everybody who's an announcer. So they're just like, Oh, Joe Flacco. Like, I like that guy or whatever. But yeah, at a certain point it, it, you got to call him like you see him. And it, yeah, the, this is a great game to discuss the concept of like, it really is like all swell that ends well. Cause like, yeah, it was not, I went, to, I was at a pretty dark place in like the second quarter when it looked like we might've gotten an injury to Wilson. First of all was one of them. Um, I think Sauce came up a little gimpy at one point, but they put him back in. And Ah! it was just like, there was a certain point where my brain was in a very, very dark spot about the Jets and Joe Flacco. And I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Why? (laughs) What's the point of this? And yeah, so the fact that we come all the way back around to the end of the game being like a historic comeback really erases the fact that like, A lot of the game, the Jets off the Jets offense was outside of Flacco was good, I thought, but uh, defensively this was a pretty rough game for them. I thought Cleveland could pretty much do anything they wanted when they were on offense. It seemed like there wasn't a ton of big plays, but there were a lot of long drives back and forth. I mean, I don't know how how you felt about that, but I thought I thought uh, yeah. To go, to go full circle, though, the Joe Flacco praise thing with the CBS announcers, is, it's just it's out of control. they need to, And then in some ways it gets vindicated by the end of the game. But, like, you know, he did look good at the end of the game, but, like, he didn't look good for the first, like, three and a half quarters to me that much. But,
0: yeah. It looked like he was sailing all of his passes. And if the receivers were going up and getting it, it was like, all right, great throw. And if it sailed over their heads, it was like, well, you know, he, there's really not a whole lot he could do. He like, I, I, he, <laughs> he, like everything was, was up, even the completions, like the one that you mentioned that I thought got Garrett Wilson killed. He's, he's coming up holding his back after he gets kind of crunched from behind because he has to get up there and try to get a throw, which was, I believe, the third down they were trying to convert. He's wide open. Slacko throws it, you know, a whole yard probably above his head. Um, and and not only is Wilson unable to come up with it because he had to, you know, work too hard for a bad throw, but he ends up getting hit in the back as he's trying to catch it. Whereas if that ball's in his gut, that's an easy third down conversion. I was definitely right there with you in that dark place, Kevin, when it looked like, uh, it was, here we go again with Flacco. It was Sauce on the sideline injured. (laughs) It was and Williams on the sideline injured. It was Garrett Wilson. After he already had like five or six catches injured, it was looking real, real ugly. Um, And all three of those guys came back in the game. All three of those injuries turned out to be really not too serious. I think Quinnen only missed one series. I think Sauce only missed one series. I think Garrett Wilson only missed a handful of plays. So from an injury perspective, they just truly lucked out in this game, able to get their guys back, and that none of those were serious.
1: This is bizarro world. Yeah, it's bizarro world. They they didn't get hurt, and then they came back and won at the end of the game. This is like, what's going on? Up is down. (laughs) What's happening? Right? Whose team is this?
0: When has it ever ended like that?
1: (laughs) Who are these people, and why are they dressed like the Jets?
0: You uh, talked about the defense a little bit because Amari Cooper uh, toasted the Jets a little more than I expected him to between Sauce and Reed. Um, but I still think that DJ Reed uh, was pretty good in this game. I was excited when I got him from Seattle. And he's, in the last two weeks, he's been better than I thought he was.
1: I thought he was really good in this game, yeah. Yeah,
0: so those are my observations about the defense is that Reed's better than I thought he was. Carl Lawson is so back. Oh, yeah. And we're so excited to see him, really, for the first time. Um, he had at least one sack in this game, and he had a couple of pressures, I think, getting after Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Not defensive-related, but one of the other things I wrote down for observations uh, Greg Zerline, a goat in week one, and not greatest of all time kind. I mean, like the old-timey right. uh, definition of sports goat And uh, in, in that you've done a bad job yeah. in week one. And one of the heroes of week two, he nails a 57-yard field goal that we both thought was dumb at the time and had to all takes exposed ourselves. Yep. And we are like, all right, he got you got it. It wasn't pretty, as, you know, Spiro Adidas pointed out, but he made yeah. it through the uprights from 57. <laughs> And I think that's the thing about Greg the Leg, you know? He scares the shit out of you if he's your kicker. Yeah. They don't call him Greg the Leg for nothing. He can kick 57 yarders. That would have been good from, what, 62?
1: I know. Yeah. I was definitely texting you, like, like they should, be, they should punt. They should punt. This is a bad idea. This isn't going to work. This is going to cost them. And then, yeah, it was the classic no, 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 yes from Greg the Leg. You got to love it, though. I mean... Yeah, I, I'm glad to see him on the comeback trail. Good game for the kickers in general. What we got to say, right? I mean, we got Braden Mann with the arm yeah. and the onside kick at the end, and then we got Greg the leg nailing a long field goal. It's uh, again, who are these people? <laughs> what's what's happening?
0: That's true. Winning a game with special teams, Kevin. Who who are these Jets? <laughs> and that's true. Jets? We should give some props to Braden Mann on that onside kick. I like the way he did that with the sideways ball. I like it when kickers do that. I think that's the smart way to do the onside kick. You lay it, the you lay the ball down horizontally. There's no rule that says you have to, you know, have the ball up vertically on the tee. Yeah. And then and then you get that nice skimmer right along the ground. It goes just far enough. It hopped past that first wave and got stuck in between the first wave of the hands team and the second wave of the hands team, which is exactly where you want to put it for an onside kick. Uh, just create that free for all that he created. And, you know, as we know, the the rest is history. Joe Flacco actually had a, a great a game-winning drive. That The best, Flacco's best throw of the day was his last throw of the day. Yeah, That second touchdown to Garrett Wilson was actually one of the throws. He did not sail high in this game. He threw it right at Wilson's chest through a defender who was diving to stop it in, in between two other defenders. I mean, that was a tight, I would not even advise making that throw more often than not. But that's where I give Joe some credit. It was that final drive. He drilled that one in there for that game winner. That one was pretty, and you can't take that away from him. That was really nice.
1: No, you can't take that away from him. He made the exact right read and and, and put the ball exactly where it needed to be. So we've been tough on you in this podcast, Joe. We're giving it to you for that, for sure.
0: <laughs> so we're going to get Joe, as we know, one more time this upcoming week, or I should say at least one more time. We hope it's one more time this upcoming week against the Bengals. Uh, Kevin, the Jets are getting exactly the amount of points I think they should get in this game. The Jets are getting four and a half points against the Bengals at home. So more than a field goal, less than a touchdown. The Bengals just have to be favored. They do. I get that. But they have looked terrible in their first two games. They just lost to Cooper Rush. Um, The line between Cooper Rush and Joe Flacco, it's not that big. It's not that thick. It's really not. I mean, maybe Cooper, I'd rather have Cooper Rush... By a little bit, um, I think Cowboys fans would rather have Joe Flacco because the grass is always greener, it seems. But uh, I kind of like the Jets at on the money line in this game at home, plus one eighty five. What do you think?
1: I mean, it is technically the stay away of all stay aways, but as we've discussed before, we we're anti stay away um, on this podcast. Um, yeah, the Bengals have looked terrible, and they've cost me money. So those that that that's two things they have going against them. I am. I would be very careful with this game, though. Would be all I'd say. Maybe some throw it in some parlays here or there. But like, I would be lying if I were to say that like I'm. I'm. Uh, um, how should I put this? This could very well be a game where suddenly it's a. They are who we thought they were, and they're getting their ass kicked handily by halftime. I mean, I could see that happening, and. I But on the other hand, I mean, if the defense is able to step up and we can still get the offensive production out of the skill players that we got, I think it could at least be close, you know. And uh, the fact that we're saying we're going into week three and we're talking about the 0-2 Bengals and the 1-1 and Jets is not the place that I suspected we would be at this point in the season. So I would love to be uh, proven wrong. But I am slightly nervous that the Bengals are going to come out and be wanting to kick the Jets ass for multiple reasons, maybe also potentially revenge game related, which it is funny to think that if uh, this game had gone another way, do you think we're seeing a Mike? Would there have been a Mike White appearance here for the uh, for old time's sake?
0: Honestly, no. I know Mike White's shiny moment was last year at home against Cincinnati, but I think even if Joe Flacco comes into this game against Cleveland and stinks it up, I still think we would have seen Joe for week three. I think Salah, at least in the absence of Zach, has, has kind of hitched his wagon to Joe, uh, and I think they're rocking with him kind of no matter what. And obviously, whether it's revisionist history or not, Joe's the hero. He's the hero of week two. He led the comeback. So I don't think there was any chance that we were, we're going to see... Mike White next week what I will say about next week I don't know if you were able to catch any of that Bengals Cowboys game but um they got after Joe Burrow I know we don't have Michael Parsons but we do have Carl Lawson and John Franklin Myers and Jermaine Johnson and some guys that you know do get after the passer yeah this Bengals offensive line looks exactly as pathetic as they looked the beginning of last year or the year before that
1: yeah it was really bad
0: The thing I worry about in this game uh, from a a Jets standpoint, obviously, is those wide receivers of Cincinnati, but I think that almost plays into the Jets' hand that the Bengals' strength is their passing offense, because I think that might be one of the Jets' strengths going the other way, because you've got Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and Higgins going up against Sauce, (laughs) DJ Reed, and MC2. I'm really excited to see like that, that matchup as like a three-on-three. I'm, I'm not terribly scared of Joe Mixon against this front, and I think that's the game plan for me. If I'm the Bengals, that's the blueprint, is try to run on this team, because I think they might be tough to throw on, considering they can't protect Joe Burrow, and the Jets' strength is actually at cornerback. I think the Jets are a bad X's and O's matchup for the Bengals. That's why I really like them on the money line. You've got a point with the the Bengals' revenge narrative, especially starting out 0-2, they They definitely don't want to go 0-3. This is a kitchen sink respiration game for Cincinnati in all likelihood. Um, If I'm going to bet the Bengals, though, I don't like the Bengals' negative money line, and I don't love the Bengals' laying four in this game on the road. If you're going to go Bengals, I like kind of an alternate spread bet. If you're going to go with them, I would go with them big. You know, take them minus 14 on an alt line and just you know bet Bengals' blowout and get good odds. I think that's the way to bet Cincinnati in this game, and I think the way to bet the Jets – is don't be afraid of the spread, just go money line.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's probably right because if the Jets are going to win, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be close. I think so I wouldn't even, yeah, I would, I wouldn't bother with the spread either. Uh, yeah, I I can see the point that you're saying. I think that there's there's a path to victory here for the Jets, and I think we're going to find out a lot. That's kind of my prediction here because I think if you you thought about the first game, Flacco and the offense were so inept that it's hard to get it was hard to get a good read coming out of that game even with the good defense and this game was crazy in so many ways and i still think kind of unfortunately a little bit of a, a underwhelming performance by the defense a little bit so if they are able to you know piece together the best parts of those first two games and they really show up for this and are not kind of just riding high off of the victory then yeah i think there's definitely a path there and it's just very promising to get all the Great plays out of rookies early on. You mentioned Sauce in there. (laughs) So this will be a good test for him as well, going against, like you said, this really elite uh, Cincinnati receiving core. So, yeah, it's uh, hopefully going to be a good game, and I would advise people to be cautious on the gambling end of this, even though I'm not going to do it. Who are we kidding? You know me. I'm, I'm the Brian Dayball of gambling, baby. Just, let's go.
0: I think of myself as more of the Ron Rivera of gambling. Just, just <laughs> going for every fourth down, just doubling down yeah. every time I lose. Oh, I didn't pick up that third down? Guess what? I'm going for it on fourth. I'm betting the, the night games. I'm prop betting Monday night. I got to get back into it. A <laughs> little Riverboat Ron action.
1: Oh, I needed that, Bills. I needed that, Bills, last night in the worst way possible. Thanks, Bills. Sorry, we shouldn't say that on Jet's podcast, but I need it.
0: No, it's all it's it's all good. We're gonna do gambling <laughs> segments this year. We're gonna do some fantasy segments. Uh speaking of fantasy football, I'd like to take the credit right now. I took Garrett Wilson in the late rounds of both of my fantasy leagues, one of which is a keeper league, so that will become relevant oh, when I have Garrett baby. Wilson coming in next year as my fifteenth round pick, my last pick automatically is the keeper. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I've got Garrett Wilson in my starting lineup in both leagues this week. There you go. He dropped the thirty burger on the bench and I only went one and one in those two leagues, so you know, I need him.
1: Oh man,
0: I need him, especially you because Mike him. Evans is suspended for one game, so I'm just putting <clears throat> Wilson right in for for Mike Evans.
1: And you have a quarterback. You have a quarterback problem with Dak. There did you did you pick somebody else up?
0: Okay, so don't laugh. I I did pick up a free agent quarterback who scored me a lot of points. Now keep in mind, this is a league. Uh, it's a 12 man league. Most teams, actually, every team, have two quarterbacks. So there are 24 of the NFL's quarterbacks are owned. So this, this, he was not one of them because I only pick him up after Dak got hurt. I picked up Carson Wentz off the waiver wire, started him (laughs) ahead of Justin Fields. My my drafted backup and it turned out to be the right decision because Fields did nothing oh, against the Packers.
1: He did nothing. And, yeah. and
0: Wentz just racked up the garbage time stats. I mean I think Carson oh, Wentz had like sixty man. yards at halftime and he finished with like three oh seven just because they were getting blown out so bad. So he ended up with three touchdowns.
1: He gave you the Flacco from week one. Yeah. It was yeah, yeah. It was
0: it was exactly it was the Flacco <laughs> week one statistics play game. And by the way, Flacco threw for three hundred yards and full touchdowns in this game against the Browns. So yeah. had I taken Flacco, who was also a free agent, might not surprise you. I actually <laughs> might have won in fantasy.
1: Yeah. If somebody had drafted Flacco in your league, that would really, that would really be crazy. And oh, it's funny man.
0: because if you, if you take into account the garbage time stats of week one and the four touchdown, 300-yard performance he just racked up in week two, uh, Joe Flacco is like a, a, a top 12 fantasy quarterback right now,
1: which is That's wild crazy. to think yeah. about. This is, why, this is why fantasy is craziness. <laughs> it's all fantasy. Fantasy
0: matchups are won <laughs> and lost in garbage time. We know this to be true.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got to pick up the trash, man. Carson Wentz. Yeah. No, I'm just I just lose money the old-fashioned way <laughs> on on my app.
0: <laughs> Kevin, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question. If uh, if you could pick one, this is like uh, Seth's hyperbole segment of the week. If you could pick. Uh, the trio of uh, Revis, Cromarty and Buster Screen, or Sauce DJ Reed and MC Two, which way would you go?
1: Oh wow! In their in their prime, obviously we're going we're going yeah. in time machine. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I'm not ready to say that Sauce is I'm... Revis just yet. He's trending that way, but but I yeah I I, mean, I, I think DJ Reed might be better than Crow, and I think MC Two is definitely better than Screen. So I don't want to sway you, but I don't know. I'm kind of leading towards this 2022 group.
1: It, it, it might it might be. I'll, I'll take him. I'll take him for the optimistic pick. I mean, obviously, we've only seen, we haven't seen enough of this yet. Right. We haven't seen enough to to make this uh, conclusively. But you know that we're all in on sauce. <laughs> Any question involving sauce is getting.
0: Yeah. And I hope Sala lets him play man to man next week. I would love to see sauce just follow Gamar Chase around the field like a shadow and just roll yeah. those dice and see what happens
1: i think he's been really good it's you know it's one of those things where with cornerbacks you really have to kind of be really paying attention to it and kind of figuring it out you know it's not the same as like something like garrett wilson guys who who are getting targeted and they have the ball and if you're just watching the game you can you can tell but from everything i've seen from sauce i just think it's it's been it's been pretty great and uh i'm just giving you a lot of opportunities for the sound drop
0: I won't. I won't uh, go nuts with it. I'm going to be honest. There's going to be between three and five sauce drops that the audience will hear <laughs> or have already heard by this point in the podcast. Um, but I'm not going to go nuts with it. We do want people to come back.
1: <laughs> five is the absolute. <laughs> that's all you get. <laughs> We're a hardliner on that. On that stance. <sighs>
0: Did you see that the Jets posted the winning percentages from during the game? That it was Browns ninety nine point nine percent win win percentage. Oh, it, until it went to Jets one hundred percent
1: ninety nine point nine. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, come on, that's just that's that's the best. Like, this is I don't know why I'm giving you Chris Collinsworth right now. <laughs> Al, this is the best. He's not with Al anymore, but yeah, no, this is amazing. I mean, it, it, the yeah, just the way we should conclude the podcast is a shout shout out to Braden, man. You did it, man. There's, it's so hard to convert an onside kick, you know. And also, I guess we didn't really talk about the fact that if Nick Chubb had just kind of taken, had just kind of gone down there, then that that game probably would have been over. But instead, he went in for the touchdown. Yeah. So shout out to Nick Chubb. <laughs> thanks, thanks, man.
0: I, a lot of people on, on Twitter are talking about that. You know, you know Chubb's just got to know better. He's got to fall down. No, I I think we're picking on him a little there. Would you really go back and look at? What was happening in the game at that time, the Browns were already up a touchdown. It was under two minutes to go. Yeah. So if you walk that in, extra point be damned. It's kicking a 13-point lead in under two minutes. I don't blame Nick Chubb for wanting to get his stats on a little bit. You know, you're you're, you're praying to get into the end zone, right? Yeah, and he's not. I blame Nick yeah. Chubb to not have the wherewithal because if he falls down short of the end zone, what happens if the Browns only leading by seven at that point? You know, they the next play they don't get in. They fumble the ball at the one. It's a turnover. Now the Jets are only one score. I don't know. I thought that the criticism there was a little um, unfair.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes we think that these guys are in a Madden game, and you forget that they are actually real people who are trying to <laughs> trying to score and do well for themselves. Plus, it wasn't a situation where, you know, it didn't even occur to me in the moment. I have to admit, it, it wasn't until after the game that I heard this this criticism. I had, I wasn't watching the game, going like, oh wait, why did he why did he score a touchdown there? I was swearing.
0: Yeah. And that's exactly it. Nobody thought of that during the game. Nobody watching that game was like Chubb should fall down. Yeah. It's you know, it's it's twenty twenty hindsight. We're like right. well I guess technically that would have been better, but who knew the Browns were gonna lose the game at that point? You you go up by two scores. You don't assume that you're gonna score in the next three plays. You
1: can't assume that A there's gonna be a, a miracle busted coverage pass, B that they're gonna convert an onside kick and then C that they're gonna score, and D that Jacoby Brissett's gonna throw a pick to our favorite defensive player of all time, Ashton Davis. Yeah. That was
0: the most shocking part of this game. The fact that Ashton Davis comes up with an interception.
1: Ashton Davis. He can get some interceptions. He got a couple last year, I think.
0: And an important interception. We saw the Browns kicker, the rookie kicker the Browns have got week one. We saw him make a long field goal to win them a game. Yeah, And so Brissette had enough time to get to, like, I don't know, close to midfield. It, it could have been a 60-something. That game was not over, even after the Jets went up 31-30. I thought the right. Browns were going to get right back into field goal range. So did I. For, for, for a walk-off. And then Ashton Davis just seals the deal. Unbelievable.
1: We love him. He's back. You're back on our good list for one game, Ashton. <laughs> Congratulations.
0: Why Ashton Davis was on the field in a one-point game with, like, 30 <laughs> seconds to go, I'm not sure. Maybe the Jets were going three safeties for that reason. You're not trying to give up a big play. Um, but the point is Robert Sala gets the last laugh.
1: I mean, he can be athletic, technically. Yeah, it can. I mean, he and he did get a couple of picks last year. I think that's something he can do. He must be, you know, a lot of times it's just a matter of guys who can catch the ball in that position, right? There's a lot of players who are partially got converted to defense at some point because they couldn't catch right that they were either wide outs and it was like hey what about going on the other side because the catching thing's not really showing up so i don't know he can catch the ball
0: you know ball hawk style safety might explain some of the horrible angles he often takes maybe he goes for the (laughs) interception too much
1: yeah maybe maybe that's it you know but we uh yeah i was that was shocking that yeah like you said i was so convinced with because i was like oh of course this is still there's still what was there 21 seconds on the clock when they got the ball something like that
0: there was enough time to get into long field goal range yeah
1: yeah so it's like it ain't over till it's over and then it's like oh shit it ain't over till it's over <laughs> oh no wait <laughs> but yes ashton came through for us we yeah we love it we should uh it's the bizarro thing we should play this whole podcast in reverse bizarro land <laughs>
0: Well, that's going to do it for us here at Just End the Show. Shout out to the Factory of Sadness that is the Cleveland Browns <laughs> for giving us our first one of the year.
1: We love it.
0: I look forward to our second one of the year against Cincinnati next week. I'm calling it.
1: All right, let's go,
0: Pro Jets. Kevin, take us out. Just end the show.
1: Just.